In this episode, I interview Daniel Wayafi, high ticket coach and coach to those who are wanting to create a six, seven or eight figure business, um, who are freedom entrepreneurs, who are like really into creating a lifestyle business. So I'm so happy to have you here, Daniel. And yeah, welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Lydia, for having me. It's uh, nice to see you again. Hello and welcome to the Successful, Sensitive and Intuitive Entrepreneur podcast. My name is Lydia Sophia Wilmsen and I am an intuitive success mentor for sensitive entrepreneurs. In this podcast, I speak about the challenges sensitive and intuitive entrepreneurs face. I offer you new perspectives and solutions as well as experiences of other entrepreneurs. Plus, I speak about my personal experience of being a highly sensitive person who has successfully built and scaled two businesses. All of that with the goal to make you and your business even more successful in your very unique and authentic way. Have fun and enjoy. Yeah, because we did um, an interview together as well. So it's actually funny to change the roles now. And I'm practicing myself as an interview person here. I know, and I feel like I need to be on my best behavior. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah I I'm ready. Don't beat me up too bad, Lydia. Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, and I think the first question really goes to you that you tell us a little bit about your background. I think it's super interesting because we, um, like, I asked you to um, to come to my podcast like weeks ago before this whole Black Lives Matter started. And I think we will touch the, on this a little bit. And um, you are actually a son to immigrants from Ghana. And you have created a story of success with ease. You told me that. For you, it was never like very difficult or something. So I'm super excited to hear from you how you grew up, um, how you started being successful at a like very young age. Just share a little bit, please. Okay. Yeah. So I am a old 40 years old. I just turned 40 this year. And I remember on our interview that we did a few weeks ago, Lydia, You were teasing me because you were calling me an old man. <laughs> oh, gosh, did I say that? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I took it in stride. Uh, but, yeah. but, but, but you cleaned it up. You were like, well, Daniel, you don't look as young. You don't look as old as you really are. So, yeah, okay, I remember. Oh, my goodness. And then we said, I'm actually not really so much um, younger than you are. And then it was like, you know. <laughs> Let's skip this age thing because I can't get out of this now. I know, I know. Age ain't nothing but a number, you know. So, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, basically my story summarized is um, I was born to Ghanaian immigrants and uh, they immigrated here in the late 70s. And I was born in Washington, D.C. in the, the U.S. And I uh, went to college and I did the college thing. I sought education in order to expand my career. And I did stupid things as a young man, and I ended up getting into bankruptcy, and I ended up doing stupid things like many of us, mm. right? And at which, which age? At the, bank uh, first or the bankruptcy? I would say I was doing my dumb things probably when I moved out of the house at 19 to about wow. 21, 22. And mm -hmm. I racked up a ton of debt. And I wasn't going to, to my college classes because I was always partying. And so I wound up having to declare bankruptcy. And then at that point, that was a very, very embarrassing part of my life. My dad made me feel like I was total crap. 
Okay. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And so what I did, Lydia, was I tried to reinvent myself. So I um, did a lot of reading. I did a lot of self look uh, searching, soul searching mm-hmm. to find out who I was. And um, one of the major books that I read back in those days uh, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, The Four Hour Work Week by uh, Timothy Ferris. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And it really changed my mind, Lydia, on uh, how I should live life, okay? And what my dream life should be. And it Mm. taught me that um, I didn't need to live life according to somebody else's standards, but I could pretty much create my own standard for living life and making money and just being free. Yeah, yeah. And so- I love that. Yeah. And so uh, continuing on, uh, what I decided, Lydia, was that I decided I didn't want to work for anybody. Okay. Because I thought, Mm -hmm. okay, well, that's stupid. All right. Um, Now, again, I'm not saying that working for people are stupid because, you know, in my businesses, I need people that want to work for Mm -hmm. me, obviously, as you as well, most likely. And so, but back then I just said, for me, I don't want to do work for somebody. And so I created internet businesses. Uh, because I was very, very proficient uh, with web design. I uh, knew programming languages and web design from an early age. And so, um, and I got started on eBay selling things. And then that progressed to me uh, creating my first big success. I created a website, which back in those days, it sold uh, memberships for people that they could come to my website, pay for uh, $13.95 USD a month and then get access to watch movies and TV shows all across the world, okay? Now, like this, Netflix. Yeah, not, like, <laughs> like Netflix, right? <laughs> and I mean, but back then, because I think, Lydia, this was back in 2004. Uh, Crazy. Nobody had really had access to that technology. And mm-hmm. so I got to a point where I was doing about ten dollars to $20,000 a month, which... Uh, was, you know, pretty big time for me because back then I was only 23, Mm. 24 years old. And then from there, I got into affiliate marketing uh, where Mm. I was pushing ringtones. I was doing payday loan offers. I was doing dating offers. And I was just pretty much doing anything that I could do. Anything. Yeah, anything. (laughs) And do you know about affiliate uh, marketing, Lydia? Yeah, I know. I know. Like, I've never properly done that, but obviously I know affiliate marketing, yeah. Okay. So for those of you guys and ladies that are watching uh, Lydia's podcast, if you don't know what affiliate marketing is, basically it's a form of marketing where you take somebody else's product and then you market it and you sell it and then you get a commission off of that Mm. or you get a a fee for selling the lead or whatnot, okay? Okay. And so, um, you know, back then I, I didn't know anything about ringtones. I was very boring with my ringtones. I didn't care about ringtones, uh, payday loan offers. I thought those were mm. stupid <laughs> and dating offers. Uh, I was doing gay dating offers. I'm not gay, but <laughs> like, yeah. it, 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 well, it's funny, Lydia, it was I was doing three things, which I didn't care anything about, which was mm. pretty weird now that I think of it, but whatever. Mm. But I quickly got to a point where I was doing about uh, sixty to $80,000 a month in uh, month. revenue. Wow. And mm. um, I, for every dollar I was spending in marketing on Google ads, I was bringing in about $2 uh, uh, revenue. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very, yeah. very good for me at that age. And then uh, long story short, I did that for about a year. I was able to pay off all of uh, my debts and then my wife's debts. And I was able to pay off uh, most of our whole mortgage at the time, pay off most of our vehicle loans, uh, our school loans. I was able to pay off uh, uh, most of our, uh, for her education as well. She was going for a master's degree program at that time. And uh, what happened, Lydia, was back in 2008, I want to say, Google Mm -hmm. did a crackdown on people that were doing affiliate uh, marketing offers, and they pretty much blacklisted mm-hmm. us. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. That was like the end, basically. Oh? Because if you're blacklisted, it's it's done. Yeah, yeah, it's done. Yeah. Like, yeah. Fine, finito, like, it's like Crazy. the nail in the coffin, right? And yeah. so for, uh, so pretty much my income went from up high to like nothing, like overnight. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, you get to that point and um, you can't really go work in another job. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, what I did was I spent the next two, three years, Lydia, and I was uh, trying to find different businesses that I could, you know, invest in. Because, you know, I saved a little bit of money and everything Mm -hmm. that I went after, like I failed. So I did this. I failed. I did that. I failed. This I failed. Mm -hmm. And that was like mm-hmm. for two years and I was getting super frustrated. And then finally I, um, uh, discovered real estate and then I, uh, became really successful with real estate with flipping houses. And then, mm-hmm. uh, we wound up getting a TV show off of that. And then, uh, mm-hmm. that's what actually led me to doing high ticket coaching because I had a mm-hmm. platform and I was, uh, selling coaching packages for uh, $5,000 to $10,000. And then that led me to helping other people create their own high-ticket coaching packages. And here Mm. we are today. Yeah. Wow, that's super, super inspiring. Thank you for sharing, Daniel, because what I can see is that you basically, you had a successful youth, like you are, you know, going into bankruptcy means you must have had something before, you know, you have been successful with something. And then you rebuilt yourself with like many different things and you made like a ton of money, you know, there are like millions of people or billions who never make like 80 or 100k a month. So amazing at that young age. And then again, the failure, you know, um, this is like, because I obviously work with so many people who, who have this big fear of failure, you know, and you just said like, You know, for two years straight, like I failed. I did everything and I failed. And um, also like to go really from 80K a month to zero. That's crazy, you know? It's not like, oh, I make like 5,000 a month and then nothing. That's a totally different game, you know? Like, wow, super inspiring that you kept going. And I think I would love to know, because you said, yes, um, I was very frustrated, like, Was this just coming from from the books you read in the beginning, the Tim Ferriss thing and the Kiyosaki um, thing that you had this like powerful, powerful money mindset? Because otherwise you wouldn't have kept going. Like, where did it come from? Yeah, and that's a great question, Lydia. Um, I you hit the nail on the head when you when you're talking about the people that you work with, how they have mm-hmm. a big, huge fear of failure because people mm-hmm. do have a big, uh, huge fear of failure, and 
I believe that for any successful man or woman to have the highest success that they want to have in life, they cannot feel fear of failure. They need to look at you uh, going through failure, not as a failure or not as a loss, but as you Mm -hmm. coming one uh, step closer to your big win or you coming one step closer to your big victory. Right. And so uh, everybody that was anybody that was successful, be it uh, Thomas Edison trying to invent the light bulb, he invented 10,000 ways to not light up a light bulb, but he never stopped. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you look at everybody, you know, uh, they kept moving forward. And so my mindset and yeah, reading those books that really, really helped. And then surrounding myself with uh, people that were mm. higher echelon or higher echelon than I was, that mm. really helped with my mindset. And I believe that uh, as entrepreneurs, we all need to surround ourselves with uh, people that are at our level. They're growing. They're higher than us uh, because we are the average of the five closest people that we Mm. hang around. And um, that's very, very, very important to have a strong mindset and not Mm. fear failure. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And also with the five people to hang hang around with. And I think it's important to say to really choose people with um, like with a big mindset. So it's not only it can be, but not only about how much money they make. It is more about where they are going. You know, you can surround yourself with people who just out of luck make 20k a month, 40k a month, whatever. But you know, it's they actually don't have that mindset. So you they will probably go down and it's rather to surround yourself with people where you can feel they are like yearning for more and they are, they want to do whatever it takes to get there because sometimes it's, it's too easy. Like it's too easy. I think how people say that, Oh, just surround yourself with like the five richest people you have or something like that. No, I I would. Yeah. As you said, it's about like a strong mindset and inspiration. I, I guess as well. Right. Like inspiring people. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, because, um, they do need to be well-rounded, you know? So mm-hmm. it can't just be one component where, um, Hey, yeah. they're rich people or wealthy people, but they get their wealth by being assholes or stepping on people mm. or crushing people. Um, you want to surround yourself with people that are making money encompass with, they do have a good nature. They are, yeah. um, at the spiritual point that you want to be at They have good relationships with their family uh, and they're just good moral people, you know? Yeah. So it has to be a good mixture in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm. And because you said you went into high ticket coaching, I think that's super, super interesting because obviously I do teach my clients or we talk a lot about money mindset and I would love to get all your input. So just get started about like, um, what perhaps first, what is the biggest issue for people or the biggest fears when they come to you about charging high prices? I think it's around five, 10, 20 K, something like that. What's the biggest issue for people? And that's a great question. A lot of it goes back to what you said earlier, Lydia, which is fear. Okay. Mm-hmm. I look at fear as an acronym for false evidence appearing real. Okay. Mm, yeah. uh, it's not the reality is false. Okay. It's, it's false. Okay. And so the biggest issue with people in charge of high ticket is they, they have imposter syndrome. 
Okay. Imposter mm-hmm. syndrome basically in a nutshell means that they feel like they're not at a point or a level to um, push or sell or present their offer to the marketplace because they feel like they're being an imposter. Okay. And what most okay. people don't realize is that we all have expertise, we all have talents, we all have something that's big and huge within us that is valuable to somebody else. Okay. And the thing is, you don't necessarily have to be the best in the world at what it is that you do, whether it's uh, you help people in their relationships or their marriage or their health or their mindset or their businesses, their money, their wealth, whatever big, huge life or business problem they have. You just need to be better than 75 to 80% of the people that you're helping. Okay. And in many cases, you just need to be two or three steps ahead of the people that come to you for coaching. Okay. And also, uh, number two, what I find uh, with people, why they're fearful of charging high ticket prices is um, because they've, they're not comfortable with high ticket prices. Right. Mm -hmm. And so because they've never sold anything for, you know, over a thousand dollars or $5,000, they're like, Oh my God, people don't have money. Oh my God. Why would somebody pay me this for my coaching? Where at the end of the day, as long as somebody is suffering from a big, huge life or business problem and they need a transformation in that area and they have a desire to go from hell to heaven. And as long as you're able to uh, take your prospect on a journey where they're able to see and visualize the pain that they're truly in and that they need to get out of that pain if they want to get into a state of pleasure, if you have a right pathway, uh, the sky's the limit. Okay, because I heard somebody once say that uh, no matter how low you charge, there's always going to be people that say that they cannot afford you. But no matter how high you charge, there's always going to be people that are willing to pay you more money. Okay, so at the end of the day, we can choose like what we want our business models to look like. So we can be the cheap Mazda seller or we can be the high end Maserati seller. You know, we can Mm. sell Ferraris or we can sell Fords. And in my opinion, I want to sell Ferraris and Maseratis. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the fear, like the imposter syndrome and why should they pay me? And kind of like I've never sold something at that price point. Um, Like what... Obviously, what you said now, um, what else, like, how how do you help them to, to overcome that fear? Is it more through explaining that to them or do you have any any other kind of techniques or, yeah, what do you do with them so that they really own the high ticket price? Because it's easy, like for me in the beginning, I said, I want to charge 50K, you know, I never did that. However, I charge 20K now and I have people paying that for my service. And I feel aligned with that. So obviously the 50K, I wasn't there, which is totally fine. I will get there. It's not about that. But, you know, I was aligned with the 20K, which is still crazy for other people, you know. So, um, like, what what do you do to to align, to help them align to, to that higher price point? They probably or perhaps have never ever charged. Uh, uh, yeah, have never ever charged. Yeah. So um, what I do initially is um, when I'm dealing with a, a high ticket student, I one of the number one things I do is if they don't have the vision to make at least twenty thousand uh, dollars USD a month, 
um, I tell them I can't work with you. Okay. That's a minimum base. So I set that as my mm-hmm. floor. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And then beyond that, um, I work a really big time with mindsets. Okay. So mindset is always the first thing that we go through before we get into any of the systems or whatnot to actually, you know, build funnels and get, you know, our high ticket uh, clients in for that students. And mindset means that a person needs to change their mindset from having an employee mindset to having like a boss mindset. You know, you got to have a boss Mm -hmm. mentality. Like I run things, right? And then you have to also understand what is your big why? Like, why are you doing this? Why not remain in the state that you're in right now? Okay. Uh, It's okay for you to remain in that state, but if you want to make 20, 50, $100,000 a month, why? Okay. Because if you don't understand the why, then there's no reason for you to take the action to get there. And then once we've identified that, it goes into a state of, okay, once you get to your goal income, okay, it doesn't really matter what it is, $50,000, $100,000 a month, whatever, okay, Uh, how many people do you want to work with each month? Okay, I want to work with 10 new people a month, okay? And I want to make $50,000 a month, okay? And at that point, the math is easy. If you want to make $50,000 a month and you want to work with 10 people a month, then you need to charge $5,000, okay? Now, in order for you to get 10 new uh, clients a month at that point, you know, typically going on the low end of scale, uh, if you close one out of five people that you talk to, uh, which is a 20% uh, close rate, which conversion, mm-hmm. yeah, conversion rate, which isn't uh, uh, bad or horrible. Uh, you only need to talk to 50 people a month, you know, and mm-hmm. traffic is easy. A lot of people get mm-hmm. hung up with the traffic part of things, you know, and uh, there's different ways you can do traffic. You can do paid, you can do organic, you can do social media. Um, I prefer doing a mix of paid and social, uh, but yeah. The traffic part is the easy part. So you just mm-hmm. got to get the people got to have to get the numbers down correctly and the KPIs down. And then that's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that, Daniel, because you come, you really come from the different side. You know, I come from this energetic alignment side and you come from the numbers side. So I think bringing, bringing those together is like, is like the, the dream, the dream thing or the dream, uh, connection or whatever yeah um and also like that you said you know just break it down and see what it is you know and then it's not scary anymore like 50k a month for people sometimes is like what like how could you ever do that and if you break down the numbers you know it's easy you know it's not such a biggie anymore so i really like that and coming obviously from the mindset thing i love i love that you didn't say entrepreneurial mindset but um boss mindset because yeah it's a boss mindset and we have to learn that um especially if you never have been a boss you know and most of the people they come from from a history of being in um an employee so that's a big shift and i do see people struggling with that i don't know if if that happens for you as well It does. It really does. The shift. Yeah. Mm, Okay. What else did I want to ask you? Um, Perhaps a little bit more about money. Like we talked about money's mindset when it comes to high ticket coaching. Mm, 
What can you tell us about money mindset? Like, how do you see money? Because for, I work with spiritual people, empathic people, and for them in the beginning, money is kind of evil and not perhaps not even evil, but kind of like, I'm not allowed to charge money. What's your thoughts on, on money? That's a great question, Lydia. Um, most of my people, they're like uh, your people as well, because uh, the People that I tend to like to work with, I want to work with people that are heart-centered entrepreneurs. So I don't want people that uh, are, you know, just, oh, I just got to make money, 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 you know, mm. that's stupid, uh, mm -hmm. in my opinion, okay? Um, yeah. When you have, and you're dealing with somebody that's heart-centered, uh, they are going to have issues 99% of the time with making a high amount of money, okay? and. Yeah. A lot of them go through the the mindset belief that money is evil, you know, and you'll hear a lot of people say that money is the root of all evil. Okay. And, you know, I know you have a, a Christian upbringing yourself and people mistake that scripture and they say money is the root of evil when it's really the love of money is the root of all evil. Okay. And Basically, if you love money and you make money your God, you make money your sole purpose, then yeah, it's going to lead to evil things. I believe that for empathetic people, for heart-centered people, that money is a magnifier of what your soul is and what you are as a person. So if you are a good person, you having an influx of money is going to make you a better person. Okay. If you are a bad person, an influx of money is going to magnify you and make you a worse person. So a person that's out there and they want to give to other folks, they want to build up their community. They want to give to their church, their mosque, their synagogue, whatever. They are going to be able to do that much more once they get an influx. They're going to be able to build up their communities. Okay. And so that's the way that uh, empathetic and heart-centered people need to look at money. Okay, uh, because again, you know, they're, they're, we're coming from a mindset that, okay, I, I don't want to just buy a bunch of cars and flashy things and whatever, whatever, you know, yeah, it's nice, but like, that's not the sole purpose. So what you had to think, uh, a person has to think is, if I get more money, then I can affect and build up the community a lot uh, better, quicker, I can help more people around me, I will have a platform where I can just pretty much do whatever God's work is for me. Uh, for those who don't believe in God, uh, they can do whatever the universe calls them to do. So that's what I would say would be the biggest uh, mindset shift that empathetic and uh, heart-centered people need to, to go through when it comes to money. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, lo I really love this magnifying glass um, perspective and it shifts everything. And then you basically can give yourself permission to earn a lot of money and do a lot of good because, you know, money can freaking change things on this planet. And I always say I want to help to create conscious billionaires, not even millionaires, like really conscious billionaires on this planet, because we look at like the the bad 1% or whatever, you know, but we can look at them the whole day long and point fingers like just do something, people create money yourself and then decide what you do with your millions, you know, how you want to change the, um, or be part of the change on this planet. So I think that's a powerful, powerful shift, especially for people. Yeah, this, like if you're a good centered person, if you're a heart centered person, 
you know, you will, you will magnify that. So thank you. Thank you, um, Daniel, for bringing that up again. Okay. So another amazing question. I totally forgot that because. <laughs> Because actually my podcast is for sensitives, introverts, and empathetic people. So you told me, and I was like, interesting that you are an introvert. And I would love to hear from you because you don't really, like in the beginning, you think like, oh, he's talking a lot and blah, blah, blah. So tell us a little bit more about being an introvert and appearing very outgoing and yeah, what you do to, to not to, um, to balance your business um, and yeah, recharge your energy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you, you, you're, you're more of an expert on, uh, uh, introversion and extroversion than I will be. Um, but from what I've learned about that is, is basically where you have to recharge your energy. Yeah. And I find for me, um, I'm, I recharge myself the best when I'm by myself. You know, uh, yeah. when I'm able to, you know, get along. Right. So I do have an outgoing personality and I do love to be around people. Um, I do love to heck, even do podcasts like this and whatnot. Uh, but when it comes to recharging myself, I have to get to myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the correct uh, definition of that. Uh, you can tell me if yeah. I'm right or wrong. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, good. So, yeah, so I guess I'll call myself an outgoing introvert. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you do that? Like, do you then just have times for yourself? Because I know that people struggle with that. They think, oh, I have to be online all the time. I have to show up, you know, especially in the US, you know, it's all about learning how to speak on stages and be like, be an extrovert, you know, it's a cultural, it started with Dale Carnegie and all that, you know, like, be an extrovert and this is how you become successful what have you found like how, how what have you found for yourself to yeah to to not step into that yeah that's a great question lydia what i would say is if you have somebody that is uh truly uh introverted or uh they don't like to put themselves out there Everybody has a strong point that they're strong at, okay? Everybody has a good communication path that they can use. And the mm -hmm. three uh, communication paths that you can use is you can use audio, you can use visual, and you can use written, okay? And I don't care who anybody is, you, you got to choose one of the three, okay? So. Yeah. I like videos, like that's my best form. I love doing YouTube videos. I love doing videos like this. I love doing Facebook Lives. Uh, somebody else may say, okay, well, I don't want people seeing my face and they may feel more comfortable with audio. So if that's that person, uh, maybe they should just do uh, iTunes podcasts or whatnot. Um, if somebody is truly like, feels like, oh, I, I don't want somebody, anybody to hear me or see me, then maybe they should do uh, sales letter type of things and write uh, articles and eBooks. Uh, but I'd venture to say, Lydia, and th this is just my thoughts. Um, a person doesn't need to necessarily uh, speak from stage because I think the biggest fear, um, people do have a fear of doing videos. Uh, but I think 
people are, are more fearful of, you know, speaking on stage live. It, yeah. Right? For sure. So what I would say to those people is just challenge yourself to do videos because uh, you don't need to ever talk from stage. Okay. Um, but when you're talking about something that you know, that you love and that you're an expert in, a lot of times that, uh, that energy and that excitement comes out in it, no matter how uh, much you may think that you suck at uh, talking, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense to follow the path of passion. And I actually heard this from other introverts before that they actually do love to even go on stages or doing videos because of the passion for the topic, but they don't love the mingling afterwards. You know, then they want to go back to their hotel room or back to their room and just, you know, be the, with themselves, but talking about their passion, that's yeah, they are very passionate about that. So a good one. Yeah. And, and that's a good point you bring up. You know, I would say uh, for those people that go out, talk about your passion. Right. And just, you know, you're going to be on fire. People will be like, oh, my God, you are so awesome. Right. And then, you, you know, obviously, yeah, yeah, you don't want to just run off to your room right after the stage. But give yourself uh, perhaps 10 minutes, you know, to mingle with people. Right. Yeah. And then uh, give them your information, you know, uh, tell them, hey, uh, text me, you know, call me, you know, and you we can do business because I'm willing to bet that if somebody's willing to give you twenty thousand dollars all of a sudden you're gonna be excited to talk to them <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure uh, you would take just a longer nap afterwards but you're totally fine with talking to with them for for an hour or more than normal yeah you can have my Good whole way. day for that <laughs> yeah. i cleared out my schedule <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness Mm, yeah, really a lot of good points. And I think I have only two things left to ask. Obviously, I mentioned that in the beginning, Daniel, I would love to hear your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter, because you told me when we first talked, um, you never like you never had this feeling of being like super oppressed. But I guess that happens to every person, not every person, but in, in that case, every black person. Just share a little bit with us um, what your th thoughts are on that, how to keep going as entrepreneurs, whatever color you are, if you want to share. I would love to hear from you because you actually are a person of color or black person. I am? Oh, yeah. all right. Oh, so <laughs> I thought. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. But uh, no, I mean, and as we record this, it's 2020. And so, you know, uh, we've been through coronavirus and we've been through um Uh, George Floyd being murdered, and uh, it's brought into light uh, racism, uh, not just in the U.S., but all across the world. And, you know, there's people rioting, not just in the U.S., but uh, in all European countries and everywhere, from what I've been seeing in the news. And the thing that I would say to everybody is to walk in love, okay, and to look within yourself and see how you can make yourself better to your brother and your sister. So we can't live this life where we're being selfish and we don't understand what the other person is thinking. Okay. We have to be able to identify our thoughts and our emotions and say, okay, well, perhaps th these are the thoughts that I'm thinking. And this is the mindset I have. 
towards uh, maybe a person of a different color or a person of a different faith than me or a person of a different sexual orientation, right? And then I need to deal with my mess, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I feel like we all have thoughts like that, okay? And uh, even me, you know, just looking within myself, um, when I was, uh, we were messaging back and forth a few weeks ago, Lydia, and this was before all that happened, wasn't it? yeah. 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 This is before. Yeah. It was uh, before. Yes. Yes. W- which is crazy, you know? And, you know, you asked me that question. I was like, well, you know, I never really felt overt racism. Okay. Not to say I'd never had felt racism. I have, but it wasn't like overt where I was like, you know, this is stupid. Right. And so I was talking with my wife the other day and, you know, when I think about it, you know, a lot of times uh, if I'm uh, walking or if I'm going somewhere, if I'm in a store or let's say, um, you know, I see, you know, a woman that looks like you in a parking lot, you know, I'm going to uh, uh, watch my approach because I'm not going to get too close to you or do anything because I'm thinking in my head, OK, well, she's thinking I'm going to assault her or rape her or harass her or do whatever, you know. And um, if I'm at a store, I have to present myself in a certain way. You know, if I'm out there on the streets, I have to dress a certain way as well. And uh, this is things I didn't really think about until uh, uh, this happened uh, a few weeks ago. And so um, we just need to identify our thoughts. And, you know, if we hold hatred towards a person uh, because they're different than us, then we need to deal with that emotion. And um, at the end of the day, we need to walk in love and love does uh, cover a multitude of sins, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that, Daniel. Thank you very much for your thoughts on that. And whenever we meet in person, I do want you to approach me and I want to give you a big hug. So please, never. (laughs) No, a virtual hug. I'll I'll make sure I wear my mask so I don't give you corona. (laughs) I, I, I know you're teasing me because, oh. like, um, you saw that I went for my Corona testing, and yeah. <laughs> you're like, "Are you okay, dude?" So uh, I'll make sure I give you a hug and I'll hold my head away so I don't breathe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no Corona. Yeah. Oh my goodness, this year is crazy. Um, yeah, and what I just wanted to point out, what I love is um, what you mentioned that there was even things you weren't aware of. So even like you became aware of actually, yeah, I do behave differently. You know. So um, I obviously have the different, like I come from the different side. So to never have basically, yeah, to look at things like that. So, yeah, I think it's, there is a lot of opportunity to move forward and, um, yeah, come from a place of love. I really felt my heart opening when you said that. And I, for sure, you know, I I had like not a, a kind of identity shift, you know, so it was really important for me to also ponder all of that and for example i thought what was interesting you know the whole like diversion of um, my team or so you know i never thought about it so it's not about what you do it's actually just to start thinking about that you know and um yeah 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 because i mean at the end of the day i mean we, we just have to be real with ourselves and we have to say okay well in reality you know I look at this person in a different light because of physical or appearance or whatever, you know? And so for many, many years, centuries, you know, um, women have been oppressed for many, you know, males always have an advantage. That's just the truth of it. 
Um, yeah. For many centuries, uh, whites have had an advantage over people of color. That's yeah. just the reality yeah. of it. Uh, for yeah. many centuries, you know, if you were gay or bisexual or whatever, um, you were at a disadvantage. You know, um, if you were overweight, uh, you're at a disadvantage. You know, if maybe you're Jewish, you know, a lot of times people will look down on them. And um, we need to start, you know, um, checking ourselves and, you know, making sure that we're not treating people different. And if somebody is in that minority, uh, that we understand where they're coming from, you know, because uh, it's easy for uh, somebody that's, let's say, uh, white to say, OK, well, uh, you know, it's not that bad because they're not going through the, those issues. You know, it's easy for me as a male to say, well, women are going through that because I'm not a woman, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but we have to understand that um, it's out there. You know, there's sexism, racism, classism, um, it's all out there and we have to understand that. And I think it's a it's a beautiful part we can play through entrepreneurship because or in entrepreneurship as leaders, you know, to start shifting our perspective, like starting with ourselves. But obviously, like you give your thoughts and your opinions and your perspectives to your clients and to the people you work with, and the same do I. So there actually is tremendous power, you know. We do have leadership if we want that or not, you know. So yeah. Thank you for your thoughts on that. Super, super enlightening. And yeah, thank you for answering. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was a great question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, it's just crazy how that all worked out, you know, like, uh, so I'm, I'm glad we had to talk later versus yeah. a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, for sure. Really. I think we have postponed this talk like for like you only once and I like three times <laughs> for four weeks now. Oh, my goodness. I know. I was like, I was like, Lydia don't want to talk to me. <laughs> yeah, there is something going on. No, not at all. I was so excited about this interview because you're really inspiring with um, with the work you do. And I think perhaps to um, just to end this interview, we have a good time now, <clears throat> like a time we, we spoke already. Any last tips and thoughts you want to share with, with the audience? Yes, yes. Um, for those of you who are intuitive, you are introverted, and you're an entrepreneur, okay? You need to grab the bull by the horns and live your life the way that you want to live, okay? Dream big, shoot big, shoot for the stars. Understand that as you increase the your earnings and the amount of revenue that you're bringing into your business, You're not just helping yourself, you're helping others as a byproduct of you helping and transforming the world because your gift, your excellence, your talents are needed in this world in order to make it a better place, okay? And you, as a byproduct of you putting your ministry out there, your service out there, you, as a byproduct of that, are going to be handsomely uh, compensated for that, okay? And so get out there. Get proper systems. You need to get with Lydia. Lydia is a beautiful lady. She is an intelligent person. She is a good friend. She has great vibes. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be listening to this. Okay, get with somebody. <laughs> get with somebody that's a coach that's been there and done that and can take you down the path of excellence. Okay, you investing in coaching 
isn't an expense, but it's an investment in yourself so that you can live a life that other people can only dream about. So don't just let your dreams be dreams. Put some reality behind your dreams and live it out. Ah, oh, Daniel. Thank you. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful words. And obviously, I will pit, put your links in the show notes so everyone can find um, website, Facebook, and offers, etc. from um, Daniel in the show notes. And also the two books we, which were mentioned because they are good books. I will also put them in the show notes. And now I can only say it was very much fun, Daniel. As you said in the beginning, let's make this fun. And it was your, your wisdom, your knowledge is amazing. So thank you for being my guest today. Thank you, thank you. And Alvita Sain, did I say that correctly? Alvita Sain, yeah. <laughs> like a proper German person. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I've been practicing. Uh, what? I've been practicing. Ah, you've been practicing, yeah. <laughs> well done. All the German listeners will perfectly understand you. <laughs> thank you, Daniel. Until the next time. All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>